Tell me something now, boy Just hurting me and leaving me give you joy Hello, it's Harrison. Make sure to leave us a review on iTunes if you haven't already, preferably five stars. But um, yeah, please do five stars. Thank you. Um, follow us on Spotify and check out our Instagram. Take a screenshot um, of you listening now, share it on your story, tag the podcast account. Anyway, I'm probably rambling on now. So it's time for the episode. Enjoy. So I wrote it in a song. You'll never find anyone better. I guess nothing lasts forever And believe me now I've moved on Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to It's Good to Talk. Guys, we are on the third series. I'm so, so excited um, to be for a third series, which means you guys must be loving it. I'm Harrison. I am 14 years old and I'm the host of this podcast. It's good to talk. Now, I thought I'd give you a little bit of of a backstory on the podcast, as I'm sure there's quite a lot of new listeners um, because of the guests I've got today. Now, I am Harrison. I'm 14 years old. I'm a young presenter. Um, um, I've worked with some big organizations and I wanted to start my own podcast. And this is the podcast. It's, it's good to talk. And of course, we're talking about talking because um, I love to talk. How many times can I say talk in an intro? <laughs> God. Um, so yeah, it's, it's good to talk um, because I love to talk. And it's a podcast after all, of course. Ofs. Um, and then, of course, we've got the fact um, that we're supporting mental health. And if you're struggling, it's really good to talk. So 85258 to shout if you're struggling. Make sure you message them if you're struggling at this very hard time. And remember, not alone. Hopefully, this podcast can help someone and make you smile. Or at least interest you for the for the time you're here. Okay, I am joined by an incredible guest today, Joel conduct the dad of dad v girls now we all know a lot about dad v girls here he is incredible he's talented his family are so lovely and he is so down to earth so we have a real in-depth conversation about the videos that they make the behind the scenes and everything that goes into being family vloggers so join me and joel conduct for this podcast and you might even find out why he sends me a box of fruit loops and lucky charms in the post guys stay tuned i hope you enjoy i'm harrison this is joel conda and let's see how he's feeling for the podcast today hey i'm doing really well harrison how are you doing yeah i'm good this is all a bit crazy at the minute isn't it it is the most surreal thing <laughs> yeah. if you told me that this was going to happen lockdown if you told me this like you know five six weeks ago i wouldn't have believed you but no here we are yeah, I know, it is mad. Um, so for the people who don't know who you are, can you tell them a little bit about you? Sure, so my name's Joel Conda, my social media name is Dad V Girls. Um, I, I'm a father of four daughters, aged from 14, and the youngest is two. So me and my wife, four girls, and we have a YouTube channel, it's a family YouTube channel. The name Dad V Girls came from... Um, the fact that we were doing challenges on YouTube, so it was like dad versus girls. Dad uh-huh. versus girls was taken the name, <laughs> so dad be girls it was, and that's how, yeah, that's me. And why did you set up the YouTube channel? Like, what was the motivation for it? Um, it's funny because there wasn't like one single thing, mm-hmm. but there was lots of like signposts or little things that happened in our lives that kind of like led us to making a youtube channel yeah so 
some of those things were the fact that um, my background is camera and editing, so I've always been into filmmaking. Yeah. I've always been into that kind of creative process. That was my career. I was getting to the point where I was like, I liked the creative aspect, but I didn't really like my job anymore. Right. So I was like, like how do I take these skills and how do I find something that I would just enjoy doing? What is my dream job? Like, and yeah. these things can help me get there. That's one thing, so put that to one side. And yeah. then on the other side, um, me and my family would go on holiday, we'd make, you know, home movies of our vacation, and mm-hmm. that would be the most fun thing for me to make as a filmmaker. Yeah. And then there was another side of it where my girls were watching YouTube and they were really into YouTube and I would sort of be looking over their shoulder like, Oh, this looks quite fun, like yeah. we could do something like this. And then there was a few other things that were going on in our lives and all that put it together, it just signposted that we should start a YouTube channel. And I mean, when you started, the idea, I'm guessing, wasn't like, yeah, we're going to be like the most famous YouTubers in the world, like this, that and the other. So were you expecting the support, the views, the reaction to it? Harrison, I was expecting instant fame. No, I was <laughs> So obviously not like, to be fair, our mindset or my my the thing that I said is let's try it for two years yeah so that we know we've given it a good go and if nothing happens mm-hmm. and we're not enjoying it anymore and we don't have an audience <laughs> let's just walk away with a bunch of memories yeah so we gave ourselves two years and like when I say like I was gonna judge success I didn't necessarily have like a number in mind like if we had this many subscribers mm-hmm. but I guess I would have been over the moon if you told me after two years we'd have like a hundred thousand subscribers i'd be like that yeah. would be like a good level of success for us uh-huh. and it just took off straight away like we just we were not expecting at all our fourth fourth or fifth video we put out went viral and i remember just waking up in the morning like we've got ten thousand views on a video and then refreshing it two hours later like we've got twenty thousand and yeah. You know, we were running around the house like, we've got 30, we've got 50. And it was just crazy. Like, we were just so excited. We didn't expect it at all. And I mean, even at this point, it must still be surprising. Like, I watched yesterday's video and I kind of, I think I saw it when it had been out for like maybe 10 minutes. And I was like, that's quite a lot. Finished it, looked at it again. It gone up by like tens of thousands each time. I mean, does it scare you? Like, knowing that that many people are watching? Um, I'd say no. Like, maybe it should, but it <laughs> doesn't. It almost... You almost start looking at it like a number, and then it's yeah. only when you actually start going, that number represents a certain amount of people. Yeah. Start, it, I think if you go too far down that road, you it would freak you out a little bit. Yeah. So, I think I look at it sometimes like... Um, I look at it in a way like wow like i'm so blessed and grateful to think that that many people watching our video uh-huh. i try not to think about it too much other than that i try to yeah. just think it like it's a metric and you know because otherwise you could scare yourself a little bit yeah definitely um so is this your full-time job yes so we started in march 2018 okay. and cr- like it sounds crazy and it is crazy and we couldn't believe it, but we were full-time YouTubers by July. Wow. And we started in the March. And we, you know, my dream was, could we 
could we be doing this full time in two years? And we were doing it full time in just a few months. Yeah. Which is not, it's not normal. Like, it, no, we, yeah. We're super grateful that it happened to us, but I wouldn't ever want to say that and people think that's what I should expect. Because yeah. if you think about it, we went in there with the mindset that we're going to give ourselves two year window. So if you're in it for like a short term, quick success, you yeah. could leave very disappointed. But really, you know, anything under two years success, like just count yourself lucky. Yeah, yeah, I guess that is something to say because like you don't want people to come away and be like, yeah, in three months, mum and dad, we are going to be famous family YouTubers. <laughs> it's like different for everyone. Um, so was anyone not originally with the idea? Um, like, did you, was there any persuading to do, or were you all like, yeah, like let's do it straight away? No, there wasn't any persuading. Like, um, we were all on board. I'm just trying to think. Like, we were all on board. There was no one that wasn't on board because, to be fair, like if anyone was really against it, I just feel like it wouldn't have been something that I felt I'd want to push. Yeah, because I feel like it's quite. It's quite a big decision. So if anyone strongly felt that it wasn't the right thing to do, yeah. we probably wouldn't have done it. But the only thing I would say is Sarah is like fully supported everything I've always done. But she didn't really want to be in front of the camera. She was right. like really happy being behind the scenes and she'd help us set up and she'd help us get ready and she might write some questions for a challenge or whatever. So she loved it. She mm-hmm. loved, you know, the fact that it was growing. But trying to get her in front of the camera was like I never forced her I never persuaded her but it was like slowly roping her in like hey look we're doing this challenge like don't you think it'd be funny if you kind of just sat here and you did this (laughs) and then she slowly started doing them and it was the best thing that ever happened because it went from just being like me Casey and Grace to them fully becoming like a family channel and she is Sarah's an amazing you know part of the channel now like, yeah and it's great for me because i have great banter with her because like, we're on you know we're the same age yeah so it's, like, it's a really good dynamic so we didn't persuade her but she took a little while to kind of like, warm up for being on camera um and so have you always had like an interest in entertainment and media and youtube and all that kind of side of stuff since i was 17 uh-huh was when I first picked up a camera, I first started learning to edit. So I've always been very interested in creating videos. Um, for a long time, I wanted to be a documentary filmmaker. Right. But in terms of being in front of the camera, I never, ever had the desire. I never I never wanted to be an Like, I never wanted to be an entertainer. I didn't ever not want to be. It's just that it never occurred to me. Like, it, yeah. isn't, it isn't necessarily, like, the kind of person that I am. It just kind of went from, I love making videos, Mm. and if this is my dream job, making, like, a dream job for a filmmaker, I guess, is to be able to make the videos that he wants to make, Mm. and not what the client wants you to make. So for me, it was like, okay, great, we have a family channel, means that we, I get to spend time with my family, we get to make the kind of videos we want to make, and therefore, part of that was just me being on camera, it wasn't that that was the desire for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, was there anyone who you'd say was like your inspiration that you were watching or that the girls were watching and they'd said, oh, I would like to be like this person in terms of on YouTube? Like, was there anyone? There wasn't 
I mean, the girls have kind of their, their favorite YouTubers change because, as you as you know, as you're growing up, every year that you're growing up is like yeah. so different from the year before. What yeah. you're interested in then, you're not interested in anymore. So it wasn't necessarily like there was like an inspiration for us for what we're doing. But someone that I always watched was Casey Neistat. I don't know if you know who he is. No, I don't know. So he's a YouTuber who I think he's got like around 10 million subscribers saying, but for someone like me as a filmmaker and then seeing him become a filmmaker into becoming a vlogger, yeah. seeing like how he went like that and like he's so like knowledgeable and inspirational. So I was watching him. It wasn't the videos that he was making like that I wanted to make, but it was like what he's achieved, I wanted to achieve. Right, I see. Okay. Um, so with a large following and with lots of people watching and lots of eyes on you comes quite a lot of opinions. Um, and obviously you get loads of love and stuff, but also with that comes nasty messages and hate, as they can call it. Have you had much of that? And how have you kind of dealt with that as a family, especially for the girls as well? Yeah, so... I'd say, like, we're super, super lucky to have such an amazing audience. Like, genuinely, yeah. 99.99% of all the comments we receive, all the messages we receive are just amazing. The the 0.1%, I mean, and it really is a small amount, you know, like, it's like a drop in the ocean of all the positives. So how do I, like, how do I personally deal with like a hate comment or something, I Mm. delete it and I block the user. It's literally that simple. And I see people focusing, like other influencers, they focus in on the 1% that are, you know, giving hate. Yeah. I just think it's just, once you start going down that road, it's, you'll get sucked in. Once you reply to that hate comment and then they reply back and then you reply back, like, it's just something like, it's like, I don't know, I feel like it's like a weed in the ground. If you just root it out and you pull it out, like block. Yeah. Yeah, it's done. That yeah, person's exactly. out of their life. Like, they can't, they can't comment again. No. And, like, it's that simple. I just feel like, you know, it's just like, it doesn't even compare to all the positive stuff that we get. And I do my best to just shield the girls from any kind of hate. But, yeah. again, it's, like, it's very minimal. Yeah, I mean, with people who are hating you kind of have to think why are they doing that and a lot of the time they're looking for attention so if someone big has actually replied to it they're getting what they wanted because they were looking for an attention for a reaction so if you just block them and don't give it to them they haven't got what they want and they're most likely to stop because they're not getting anything out of you i mean um so we have like we have some really great like um have a really great fan base and they have like fan accounts on Instagram that they yeah. set up and they do really great edits and stuff and occasionally like they'll bring to my attention like someone set up an Instagram page with our address like the whole Instagram page is dedicated to spreading our address online it had a photo of our house from the outside and everyone was up in arms about it like and I understand why obviously it, you know it's our safety at stake yeah. And I just calmly just said to everyone who was actually like, guys, just ignore it. And that, because all they're looking for is a reaction. That's what they're doing this for, a reaction. So if you're giving them a reaction, they'll get, they're getting from it what they set out to get. Therefore, why would, they'll just continue. So 
we ignored it and it went away. Yeah, and then I was listening to a podcast last night with Anastasia Hazenbyron, and uh, Anna was saying that in one... Oh, no, Byron had put a picture on Instagram that had Anna's number in the bottom, and she was just like, I've just got to forget about it and just decline the calls, because otherwise if you keep going on about it, everyone's just going to carry on ringing you, so it's kind of a similar situation. Yeah, exactly. Literally, the best thing is just starve them of any attention. Yeah. It will just die. <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess it can be the same on a small following as well. Like, pe- people hate to anyone and everyone that they can find. Um, so it, it's the same with smaller accounts, but it's just as a bigger account, you, I think... Yeah, I mean, it like you are saying, like, it doesn't just apply to influencers. No. It applies to like, anyone. And even, like, bullies at, at school, you know... Yeah. It, they're looking for a reaction and the more that you give them the reaction the more that they will do the thing that got them the reaction so. yeah um and so when you set up your channel and put your first video out how long was it from putting that video out to kind of getting quite a bit of views so i think it was the fourth or fifth video that we put out mm-hmm. um, went viral so the views just started stacking up and the subscribers did so that video hit like a million views. I think we were like six weeks into starting, maybe seven weeks into starting the channel, and we had like a video of a million views. Um, I think it was like so March, April, May. By May, we had like fifty thousand subscribers. So that's kind of like that's how everything took off for us. Yeah, and I guess when did it kind of become a point where it was like? oh, I really have got to put out a video every single week and I have got a like, I owe something to them. So, when we started the YouTube channel, we didn't tell ourselves that we'd put out one video a week uh-huh. for two years. Right. Regardless of numbers. Yeah. And, and if things were going well, we might up two videos a week. So, we were already committed to ourselves regardless of any Right, audience. I see. So we were putting out a video a week. We just felt like that was the kind of mindset that you needed to have in order for something to succeed. And I feel like it's not just it's not just for YouTubers. That's like you know, for like yourself as a podcaster, yeah. you might have made a commitment to yourself to do a certain amount of podcasts. If you're a writer, you might commit to doing you know one blog post a week or whatever you're doing. I feel yeah. like you should make a commitment to yourself regardless of the audience. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, like. The thing, the funny thing for us is that most or a lot of YouTubers yeah. have like maybe six months to two years where they're putting out videos to a very small audience when they're still trying to figure out who they are as a creator, yeah. what kind of videos they want to make, they're still getting comfortable being on camera, and then all of a sudden, within a few weeks, we suddenly had like 50,000, 100,000 people. Yeah turn up to watch our videos when we were still almost like in rehearsal mode yeah so it was the pressure did definitely get put on and we did feel like right we need to step it up a little bit but in a good way like i feel like sometimes pressure is it you know it can be a good thing just as long as it's not too much and have you ever gone right i think we need to stop or ever looked back at all or have you just just kept going and never thought of stopping or anything I think as long as YouTube remains a positive thing in our life, yeah, then there's no reason to stop. Like the only reason that maybe 
you'd want to stop is because you think, oh, well, it's a lot of hard work. But mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's a good reason to ever stop something no. that's good. Yeah. You know, like being fit is hard work. So you shouldn't stop running just because it's hard work. As long as mm-hmm. it's something positive in your life. Yeah. And we've always said from the beginning, we want you to, to be part of our life, but not our entire life. And that's that's the daily, I wouldn't say struggle, that's the daily goal. You know, make sure that YouTube, YouTube can take over your life. Like, yeah. Literally. And that's fine if you're like a single person and you know, but when you're a family. Yeah, you're still like, a family, family. They're going to school. Like, yeah. And family is like the most important thing. So, yeah, 100%. You don't want a family business to kind of like ruin your family. In the no. sense. So, it's something you need to be careful of. And I feel like we've, we're getting it, we're getting a very good balance. We were, we were doing three videos a week at one point just to kind of trial it out and see. And now we've gone back to two because we thought it's more manageable. So, you know, we're always trying different things just to see what happens. And I guess if you put, like, 65 videos out a week, everyone's just going to get bored of it. They're just going to be like, yeah. oh, another video. And we're going to get bored of it real quick. Yeah. Like, we would burn out. The viewers would be, you know, like, oh, you know, if it's too much of something, people just like, I've had enough. So. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what's your favourite thing about having the channel? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> what is my favourite thing about having... Okay, so, so other than the fact that I have my dream job, which is to make a living by spending time with my family and having fun. Yeah. And, you know, that for me is probably the most amazing thing, like... A career that doesn't take me further away from my family, yeah. but just puts me closer together with them. Yeah. I also really like the freedom that it gives us. Like, kind of feels like we are in charge of our own lives, and that for me is like the best thing. Has there ever been like a Courtney and Keeping Up with the Kardashians moment where she take a break from the show? Like, has anyone said like I want a break from filming at all? <laughs> Um, no, we haven't, like, it's so funny that you said that, that we were watching that episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, well, there's a few episodes where Courtney's, um, saying she wants that, and to be fair, like, we watched that, and as funny as some of it was, it was also quite sad. Yeah. It was quite sad to see. Yeah. And not that we would ever compare ourselves to the Kardashians, <laughs> but it was a little bit of an eye-opener for us. Yeah. And definitely, if someone ever said in the family that they wanted to... They wanted out, they wanted a break, and if yeah. it was right for them, then, you know, that is my biggest priority, is like yeah. my family. I would yeah. never keep the channel going just because it, it's our income. Yeah. Like, I'd rather go back to doing what I was doing before and live a normal life than my kids ever feel like that. Yeah. But if anyone in the family said they didn't want to shoot videos because the reason was they wanted to, like, stay in bed all day, <laughs> like... That is not... You can't give me that... No. I'm like, fine. You don't want to shoot a video, then you're going to have to get up and go to work because that's... You know, at that age, like... Yeah. She's getting to the age where she's going to be 15 and then 16. We always said that when she gets to that age, about 15, 16, she'll have a Saturday job. Yeah. So if she turned around and said, I don't want to shoot a video on a Saturday, it's like, okay, cool. (laughs) You know, then it's time to get a job because we're not a lazy family. We don't support that. No. If it's for, like, emotional reasons... Like, it's not good for them, the channel, then that's yeah. it. Like, we're yeah, there's a difference. Yeah. yeah. Would you say there's, what, like, 
I don't like to say what's the worst thing, but like almost like a downside at all to it. Yeah, okay, let me think. Let me think. What is the downside to it? Um, okay, I wouldn't necessarily say yet. Yeah, like, we're still, for YouTubers, we're still quite young on the channel, yeah. like on the platform. We're, we're just over two years old as a channel so who knows what's ahead of us but I'd say the only thing is, is what we have to be very, very careful of is what I said before is like mixing business and family because YouTube is our business yeah and I am very cautious of how that's going to play out in it. and that is the one thing it isn't a downside yet but that's the one thing that I'm very cautious of that and I'm also, I say the other downside is that once something becomes your work, you have to try and, you have to still try and love that thing and not just treat it as a job. Yeah. And that's kind of sometimes what I struggle with. I want to be like, I want to look at it every day. Like, this is an opportunity to make a really great video, not, okay, another video today. Yeah. Like, that's the struggle. Yeah. Um, and you've got nearly 250 videos on your channel. Um. Now, this is probably going to be a really hard question, but which was your favourite video to film? Oh, that is so difficult. That, <laughs> that picking one of my favourite my favorite kid, like... <laughs> um, okay, favourite videos to film. So one of the favourite videos to film would definitely be when we pranked Grace and... The idea, so, so Grace has got a dog called Buddy... And the idea was that we get we go out shopping in town for the day and we get different people that Grace doesn't know to walk past with Buddy. And it, it happened like five or six times over where Grace says, that dog looks like my Buddy. <laughs> and she even was holding him and petting him, yeah. thinking he looks just like Buddy. And so that was so much fun to film because it was like, exciting and it was something that we'd never done. It was an original idea that we had. Yeah. So that was really fun. Um, my favourite video would definitely be our holiday in Hawaii, where we saw whales and dolphins, and we swam with sea turtles, yeah. and we went on a helicopter, and like it was just the most amazing uh-huh. thing we've ever done, and it was like memories that will hold forever. I mean, the surprising when you surprised Grace with a puppy, I've got to ask, what was that like? Did you know that you were doing this as a video? Like, or were you just no. going to get her the dog? And... No, we actually, we actually got the dog and then we said, oh my goodness, like, how much of a great video would this be? So we scrambled together, Grace was at school, we yeah. had the dog, we scrambled together that afternoon before she got home from school to uh-huh. set up an idea for the video. So that just shows how young a, a, as a YouTube channel we were. Any experienced yeah. YouTuber would know this is a great opportunity for a video. <laughs> but for us, like genuinely, it wasn't going to be a video. And then it was like, hold on a second, this could be an amazing video, if not just for memories. Yeah, I mean, that video's got 5.7 million views, which is like crazy. Just surprising some with, not just surprising someone with a puppy, but that happens all over the world yeah. all the time. So. That must have been 
really crazy to think that that it, many people were like, interested. The video, it was so emotional. It was a very emotional video. Like, yeah. Grace never thought she would get a dog no. because of my allergies. And then she had no idea. And the way that we surprised her was, it was just really fun. And then she broke down into tears. And it was, <laughs> it was there is one of my favourite videos. But the only reason it's not my favourite video is because, unfortunately, my allergy did end up being so bad uh-huh. that Buddy, our dog, now lives with Sarah's mum and dad. But they only live up the road. We still see him all the time, uh-huh. and he gets the best of both worlds. And you know, it's the only—it was a really difficult decision, but my health was really bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, now this question is quite a hard one because you wouldn't put a video out if you didn't want to do it or didn't enjoy it. But what would you say is that a video that you least enjoyed to film? I know that's hard because why would you um, put a video out if? You were like, this is boring, don't enjoy this. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we do do... Sometimes we shoot videos and they end up not being as we thought they would until you start filming. So, to be fair, like, there are quite a few videos that I didn't necessarily enjoy as much as I did other videos. I feel like the end product was always still good. Otherwise, yeah. we wouldn't have it out. But... I can't think of like a specific example, but definitely some videos are a lot more fun than other videos to film. And until you start filming it, sometimes you don't know. And I guess you've done like some of the videos you've done, like when you surprised Grace with a puppy and um, when you uh, went around the town and she was spotting her, you know, these are real things that you're going through as a family. So not only are you doing it, but you're also filming it. What video were you most nervous to film, either because of filming or because of what you were doing in the video? Um, in the beginning, any videos that involved us being in public, was that really difficult? Yeah. I wasn't... Um, you know, vlogging didn't come naturally to me. No. I really struggled to vlog. Most of the videos we shot in the beginning were in like our little studio in our house. Yeah. They weren't. They didn't involve me holding a camera. It involved us all sitting at a desk and the camera being on the other side of the room. Yeah. I felt okay with those. Like vlogging was something that I was like, I, I really had to like overcome the fear of like vlogging. So anything where it was out and about. But now I'd say like. If anything slightly involves anyone in public, which we don't do a lot of public videos, that I, I, I'm quite... Okay, I'll give you... Actually, I'll give you a really good example. So, we did Vlogmas, uh-huh. and we were really, really wanted to do videos of giving. Like, we, de- we wanted to do videos where we were helping people and we were giving to others, but... We didn't want it to come across like we were just doing this to get views. Like, yeah, like finding that line. It's so difficult because mm-hmm. how do you go, oh, here's someone in need. Here you go, like, here's some money or here's some gifts and we're going to film you receiving them so that we look good. No, yeah. that's like, it's so awkward. And the reason that we wanted to put out giving videos is because I know when I've watched, like, giving videos that are good, they've inspired me to want to give. And yeah. that's what we wanted to do, like, inspire people, like, come on, guys, it's Christmas, let's all just get in that giving spirit to help people. Yeah. But it was, like, it was so hard to find that that balance. And yeah. one day we went, right, we're going to go to Asda's and we're going to pay for people shopping. Yeah. So we got there, 
and I was like literally walking into us like I don't want to be here I don't want to do this video and Sarah and my friend Roland who was filming for us yeah were like no we're gonna do this I'm like no it's awkward it feels it feels off like and we asked for permission to film and I was like I'm hoping they say no I don't want to do this yeah. I'd rather just go up someone randomly and just give them the money off camera yeah and then this lady was like who worked there was like what are you trying to do and I told her and she said well we're trying to get my like we're trying to we're trying to take donations for mm-hmm. the food bank yeah she said can I fill up a couple of trolleys for the food bank and I was like yes like this this is great so we yeah. filled up like two or three trolleys for the food bank and it was a great video because it, it didn't involve like giving to a specific person so yeah anything like public I do kind of get quite awkward I mean I've done some bits and pieces filming like out in public public as in on the streets but something I found really hard when because I'm a BAFTA presenter um when I was at BAFTA headquarters that the they do like preview events and they would like write all, all the audience you know there's thousands of people in this audience they're like right you all need to be quiet Harrison's got to film something on stage so oh, wow. like the viewers watching at home wouldn't know that there's thousands of people sat there and it looks like it's just me and a person in a room chatting. But it was so awkward because you're having to film with everyone watching when it's not like, it's not like filmed as if we're in front of an audience. So anything in public's like, yeah, it's uncomfortable, isn't it? I'm definitely not one of them people that feels comfortable having public doing that kind of stuff. So yeah, well done to you. Yeah, it was, it was hard and it was actually my first ever interview, like ever interview. I was dying inside. It was wow. with it was with Dick and Dom, um, and oh, that must have been fun. It was fun, but watching it back, it's like wow, I was nervous when I. But I've changed <laughs> since then. Um, yeah. Okay, so which video were you most nervous to see the public's reaction? Mm. Like almost what they were going to think of the video. Do you know what? Like, I'm just trying to think of all of our videos that we've done. I guess sometimes, sometimes a little bit worried about how some of the videos, like we do trends, like there's trends on YouTube and mm-hmm. a lot of YouTubers who are in the same sort of niches, as they'll jump on the same sort of trends. So doing ones that involve like buying spending money and stuff like that in the beginning I was a little bit worried like should we be doing this trend is it good and it's kind of like a toss up between do it like okay people want these videos because they watch them versus are we doing it for the views so like are we making videos because these is, this is what people want us to make yeah and the views are like a representation of what people want us to make or are we doing it for the views? And like, I guess that's always been a little bit like, how are people going to perceive this? Like one video I did where I bought Casey a pair of trainers that she really wanted. They were uh-huh. pay easy, so I had to buy them from a reseller. They're quite rare. Yeah. So you couldn't just go to JD and get them. And I'd managed to get them for her. And it wasn't for a video, but then I had them. And I was like, oh, this would make quite a cool video. Yeah. And I got her, her old trainers that were like nearly ready for the bin anyway yeah. and I ruined them as a prank 
and then I surprised her with the new ones. Uh-huh. And, and then I was a bit worried, like, people are going to think this is quite wasteful. I did get a few messages about people being like, you could have donated them. And yeah. Yeah. So I was, but Sarah said, don't do it. And then I was like, oh, I'll be fine. And then afterwards, I was like, yeah, actually, probably shouldn't have done it. Um, so which video, this is hard because you've got to think about, but which video took the longest to record, like the process of recording it and editing it and getting it online from starting, having the idea? The longest I spent editing a video would definitely be the video I mentioned earlier about, which is my favourite video, which is when we're in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So... The, because that video meant so much to me and I know it's a video that we'll watch like 20 years from now yeah. because it's like literally it's our dream holiday and everything that happened was an amazing experience Yeah. so I spent so long picking the right music mm-hmm. doing little edits here and there I did some voiceover stuff that's the most effort I've definitely ever put into it because I knew like above everything else we would definitely re-watch this video many times yeah yeah I guess because it's almost like when people would make a family video like something like that on holiday but just make it for themselves you're actually putting it out there as well so it's kind of almost doubling what you're doing because it's not just for you to watch in 20 years but also for anyone to watch in 20 years time yeah and like I selfishly really wanted that video to do really well I wanted that, the views on that video to be better than anything exclusive done because <laughs> I was like if it was then that would be like a green light to just do more of that kind of stuff but unfortunately it, it was like average compared to other stuff we've done <laughs> which is and still I'm a like, lot and soul into that so. <laughs> um, well as long as you appreciate it who cares if they think <laughs> I feel like everyone who watched it like I probably got the most feedback and messages and dms from people off the back of that video because uh-huh. it, it kind of like from what people were saying like it moved them but in terms of like the title and the thumbnail it, it wouldn't have done as well as like a challenge or a train yeah um okay so on wait no i'm reading that wrong okay so when you were in the states you paid for casey and grace to go in a limo because of a video where she drew wasn't it like whatever you can if you draw? draw it off, right, yeah. So she drew a limo, and you actually guessed it. And they were going to an Ariana Grande concert um, with Saffron Barker. What was that experience like with sorting out the limo? Because obviously we only see a portion of what happened. Yeah. You're not going to film the hours in between. So how long did that take? What happened with all of that? It was stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Dealing with limo company is, is stressful. First of all, it's a, it's an absolute coincidence that Saffron Barker and her family were in Miami at the exact same time as us. Yeah. And we, we, we'd done a collab with her before. We'd stayed in contact. And yeah. we get on really well with her and her family. Yeah. So, um, and Casey and Grace, before we knew her, like, they watched her videos and they were, like, fans. And Saffron came to her house and surprised them. Yeah. So... When we found out she was there, I said to the girls, like, well, send Saffron a message and say, like, hey, do you want to meet up for lunch or dinner or whatever? But, you know, we're not going to, like, pester her. So she's so she's such a lovely girl. She messaged back, like, yeah, let's all get together for dinner. 
So we went for dinner, and then I said to the girls the next day, like, that's it, we've met up for great. Damn, yeah. And then she messaged and said, hey, I'd love to take the girls to the cinema, I'm going to the cinema with my brother. And then it was like, okay, we're doing this. And, like, they really included us as well, so it was, like, really nice. Yeah. And then I remember... The reason we were in Miami is because we had tickets for the, um, the Ariana Grande concert. Uh-huh. And Saffron was like, oh, you guys are so lucky I couldn't get a ticket. And I was like, well, you can have my ticket because yeah. it's just me, Casey and Grace going. And I'm like, if I'm honest, like, I don't really want to go. The girls would rather go with you anyway. Yeah. And if you want to go, like, it's just a win-win situation. So she was like, yeah, like, amazing. And then we did the challenge, like, you draw it. And I'll buy it. Casey drew the limo. And we didn't have a lot of time to get the limo sorted. It was stressful. We rang like loads of companies. Um, it is a very expensive thing to do. And we were trying to like find the cheapest way to do it. Yeah. And eventually we thought we found the cheapest way to do it. And we ended up getting completely ripped off. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't you get scammed or something like that? What happened there? Yeah, so... It's not my first time dealing with a limo company that has been very shady. And I don't want to say that they're all shady, but I'm definitely very wary of them now. Yeah. Um, Basically, I explained to the guy the duration of the trip was to the stadium. Yeah. And then home from the stadium. No, wait, or did... I can't remember if it was just to the stadium. And then I think they got an Uber home. I'm trying to remember. So, let's say the trip to the stadium was only like half an hour. Okay. We booked the limo for an hour. And right. I said to him, like, I only want to pay for that, because you paid by the hour. I only want to pay for the hour. Can they get to the stadium within the hour? And he's like, yeah, it's only half an hour. It's like, perfect. Yeah. He charged me from the moment that the, the limo driver left the limo company. Right. Until they got back to the limo company. And I was like... But that's not the journey. I have no control over that. Yeah. Like, so they ended up charging me double without telling me. They they fully they fully ripped me off because I said to them before, like, this is my budget. Can we do the one hour? And he said, yeah, absolutely. Then he charged my credit card double. <laughs> Did you get it back at all or say anything to no, them? No, there's nothing you can do. Like, they're so... They, they do this kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. So... It's just one of those things you just got to let it go. Um, so you did a video, the Cake and Boobies video, where you put a sign um, on the back of the car and Sarah was driving. I've got to say, how were you not all laughing? Because I wouldn't have lasted very long. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't laughing as much because I was kind of like is this a good idea? Because she was getting so stressed and angry. Yeah. And I was like, in my mind, like, oh, am I, am I taking this too far? Like, should I just tell her? So I was almost like panicking a little bit. In my yeah. Head. And the girls were kind of looking at me like, oh my God, she's going to go nuts when she finds out. So, but she took it well in the end. Yeah. Oh God, that is funny. I mean, how did you like tell her that you were, filming like how did you get away with filming what was the the video that you were doing so oh wasn't it like a day in the life i think it was like a day and you went you were going shopping yeah so we probably said to like 
because it was a while ago, I can't remember, but I probably just said to like, we're going to go and do like a shopping challenge at Tesco's. We've done a couple before. Yeah. We've done, we've done quite a few videos that have ended up in Tesco's randomly. <laughs> so I probably just said like, oh, this is the video we're doing today. Uh-huh. And she wouldn't question it. Like she never, she would never question it. But I just said, oh, let's go yeah. to Tesco's and shoot this video. Um, okay, so where would you say in your YouTube career um, would you kind of think, I've made it? Is it the million mark? Or, like, where would you say, like, we've made it? It's such a difficult question to answer because I guess if you'd asked me before, like, the day we started, I would yeah. be like... I would be like success to me look like a hundred thousand subscribers. Yeah. And I don't necessarily know that's the same thing as like we've made it, but like but every time you yeah. you get past your goal, you're then looking at the next one. Yeah. I guess like the moments when we like and trust me, we're not the sort of family to let this stuff go to our head. We would never let each other go to our head. We make jokes about stuff like, Oh, we've made it because I don't know, we went to a premiere a movie premiere we're all dressed up in taxis and we, we look at each other and we laugh and we joke and we're like oh we've made it because we're on the guest list to this premiere yeah. but literally that stuff to us is just like it's banter but I guess like when people recognise you out in the street and the more that started to happen yeah. it was a really strange thing and I couldn't get my head around it and that's when you, and again like I would never use the term like we've made it but that's I guess when you start to go oh wow like our channel has quite a big reach and people yeah. recognise us and yeah. Like for me, I, the day that I would have been like the most like we've made it is like when I was able to like give up my previous job because we yeah. were doing YouTube full time. So for me, yeah. like, that was like one of the greatest days for me. I guess when people are spotting you out on public, you kind of first of all you're seeing it as a number. You're seeing eight hundred k. That's a number amount of people, but you just say it's the amount of people. When you're actually seeing these people in real life who actually know who you are i guess that's when it actually kicks in like uh, oh wow that yeah. these are actually human beings sat there watching our videos in their spare time like yeah it, it's it's like it's mind-boggling like so we did this thing called summer in the city we went to this event yeah and it was our first year that we'd ever been yeah and like it's a place where you can go as a youtuber and your your viewers and your fans can come and then you they can meet you yeah so we did like an official meet and greet and we were like joking like oh it's gonna be so awkward because it's gonna be like hardly anyone there like this is our first year yeah there's gonna be other like massive youtubers there and you know but we wanted to do it for the small amount of people that wanted to meet us yeah and you stand behind this big wall or it was like a curtain, and your line for your meet and greet is on the other side of this, and right. everyone's line for their meet and greet is all in a row, and we hadn't seen the line, and we were like, oh my god, who wants to look, who, who wants to look, this is going to be so embarrassing if there's no one there, we looked behind this curtain, and you could not see the end of the line, and the line was just like, it was unreal, like, it was a two hour meet and greet, we went for two and a half hours, because we wanted to make sure we saw everyone. Yeah. And it was like literally 20 seconds of like being able you know, to say hello to people. Like that's another time when it just kind of hits you. Like, wow, these yeah. people. It was like people saying like two girls and their dad flew from 
I want to say Sweden, just for God. the day to kind of see us. Like that, I felt like... I'd be like, let like, me pay for your plane tickets. Like, I feel honestly, so bad. I was like to the dad, like, I'm really sorry. And he was like, no, like, we really wanted to come. And like, and I was saying to him, like, wow, like, that's such an amazing dad that he brought you. But like, you always feel like so, like, you want to give them more of your time because they've come all this way. So, yeah. So, so when we started the YouTube channel, we didn't tell ourselves that we've had about one video a week uh-huh. for two years. Right. Regardless of numbers. Yeah. And and if things are going well, we might have two videos a week. So we were already committed to ourselves regardless of... Right, I see. So we were putting out a video a week. We just felt like that was the kind of mindset that you needed to have in order for something to succeed. And I feel like it's not just... It's not just for YouTubers. That's like, you know, for like yourself as a podcaster. Yeah. You might have made a commitment to yourself to do a certain amount of podcasts. If you're a writer, you might commit to doing, you know, one blog post a week or whatever you're doing. I feel yeah. like you should make a commitment to yourself regardless of the audience. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, like, the thing, the funny thing for us is that most or a lot of YouTubers yeah. have like maybe six months to two years where they're, putting out videos to a very small audience when they're still trying to figure out who they are as a creator, yeah. what kind of videos they want to make, they're still getting comfortable being on camera, and then all of a sudden, within a few weeks, we suddenly had like 50,000, 100,000 people yeah. turn up to watch our videos, when we were still almost like in rehearsal mode, yeah. so it was, the pressure did definitely get put on, and we did feel like, right, we need to step it up a little bit, but in a good way, like, I feel like sometimes pressure is it you know it can be a good thing just as long as it's not too much and have you ever gone right i think we need to stop or ever looked back at all or have you just just kept going and never thought of stopping or anything i, I think as long as youtube remains a positive thing in our life yeah then there's no reason to stop like the only reason that maybe you'd want to stop is because you think, oh, well, it's a lot of hard work. But Mm -hmm. I don't feel like that's a good reason to ever stop something that's good. You know, like, being fit is hard work. So you shouldn't stop running just because it's hard work, as long as Mm -hmm. it's something positive in your life. Yeah. And we've always said from the beginning, we want YouTube to be part of our life, but not our entire life. And that's, that's the daily, I wouldn't say struggle, that's the daily goal. You know, make sure that YouTube, YouTube can take over your life. Like, yeah. Literally. And that's fine if you're, like, a single person and, you know, but when you're a family... Yeah, you're still like, a family. family. They're going to school, like, yeah. But family is, like, the most important thing. So yeah, 100%. You don't want a family business to kind of, like, ruin your family in a sense. No. So, it's something you need to be careful of, and I feel like we've, we're getting it. We're getting a very good balance. We were, we were doing three videos a week at one point just to kind of trial it out and see. And now we've gone back to two because we thought it's more manageable. So, you know, we're always trying different things just to see what happens. And I guess if you put, like, 65 videos out a week, everyone's just going to get bored of it. They're just going to be like, yeah. oh, another video. And we're going to get bored of it real quick. Yeah. Like, we would burn out. The viewers would be, you know, like, oh, you know, if it's too much of something, people just like, I've had enough. So. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what's your favourite thing about having the channel? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> what is my favourite thing about having... Okay, so, so 
other than the fact that I have my dream job, which is to make a living by spending time with my family and having fun. Yeah. And, you know, that for me is probably the most amazing thing. Like, a career that doesn't take me further away from my family. Yeah. But just puts me closer together with them. Yeah. I also really like the freedom that it gives us. Like, kind of feels like we are in charge of our own lives. And that for me is like the best thing. Has there ever been like a Courtney and keeping up with the Kardashians moment where she'd take a break from the show? Like, has anyone said like, I want a break from filming at all? <laughs> um, no, we haven't. Like, it's so funny that you said that, that. We were watching that episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Well, there's a few episodes where Courtney's um, saying she wants that. And to be fair, like we watched <laughs> that. And as funny as some of it was, it was also quite sad. Yeah. It was quite sad to see. Yeah. And not that we would ever compare ourselves to the Kardashians, but it was a little bit of an eye-opener for us. Yeah. And definitely if someone ever said in the family that they wanted to, they wanted out, they wanted a break, and if yeah. it was right for them, then, you know, that is my biggest priority is like yeah. my family. I would yeah. never keep the channel going just because it's our income. Yeah. Like, I'd rather go back to doing what I was doing before and live a normal life then my kids ever feel like that yeah but if anyone in the family said they didn't want to shoot videos because the reason was they wanted to like stay in bed all day <laughs> like that is not you can't give me that no reason. I'm like fine if you don't want to shoot a video then you're gonna to have to get up and go to work because that's you know at that age like yeah she's getting to the age where she's gonna be 15 and then 16, we always said that when she gets to that age, like 15, 16, she'll have a Saturday job. Yeah. So if she turned around and said, I don't want to shoot a video on a Saturday, it's like, okay, cool. You know, then it's time to get a job because yeah. we're not a lazy family. We don't support that. But no. if it's for like emotional reasons, like it's not good for them, the channel, then that's yeah. it. Like, we're yeah, there's a difference. Them. Yeah. Would you say there's what, like, I don't like to say what's the worst thing. But like almost like a downside at all to it. Yeah. Okay. Let me think. Let me think. What is the downside to it? Um. Okay. I wouldn't necessarily say. Yeah. Like we're still. For YouTubers, we're still quite young on the channel, yeah. like on the platform. We're, we're just over two years old as a channel. So who knows what's ahead of us. But, but I'd say the only thing is, is what we have to be very, very careful of is what I said before, is like mixing business and family because YouTube is our business. Yeah. And I am very cautious of how that's going to play out. In it. And... That is the one thing. It isn't a downside yet, but that's the one thing that I'm very cautious of that. And I'm also... I say the other downside is that once something becomes your work, you have to try and... You have to still try and love that thing and not just treat it as a job. Yeah. And that's kind of sometimes what I struggle with. I want to be like... I want to look at it every day like, this is an opportunity to make a really great video, not okay, another video today. Yeah. That's just Yeah. Um, and you've got nearly 250 videos on your channel. Um, 
Now this is probably going to be a really hard question, but which was your favourite video to film? Oh, that is so difficult. That, that <laughs> picking one of my favourite, my favourite kid. Like, <laughs> um, okay, favourite videos to film. So one of the favourite videos to film would definitely be when we pranked Grace and the idea. So, so Grace has got a dog called Buddy. And the idea was that we get we go out shopping in town for the day and we get different people that Grace doesn't know to walk past with Buddy. And it, it happened like five or six times over where Grace says, that dog looks like my Buddy. <laughs> and she even was holding him and petting him, yeah. thinking he looks just like Buddy. And so that was so much fun to film because it was like exciting and it was something that we'd never done. It was an original idea that we had. Yeah. So that was really fun. Um, my favourite video would definitely be our holiday in Hawaii, where we saw whales and dolphins, and we swam with sea turtles, yeah. and we went on a helicopter, and like it was just the most amazing uh-huh. thing we've ever done, and it was like memories that will hold forever. I mean, the surprising when you surprised Grace with a puppy, I've got to ask, what was that like? Did you know that you were doing this as a video? Like, or were you just no. going to get her the dog? And No, we actually, we actually got the dog and then we said, oh my goodness, like, how much of a great video would this be? So we scrambled together, Grace was at school, we yeah. had the dog, we scrambled together that afternoon before she got home from school to uh-huh. set up an idea for the video. So that just shows how young a, as a YouTube channel we were. Any experienced yeah. YouTuber would know this is a great opportunity for a video. <laughs> but for us, like genuinely, it wasn't going to be a video. And then it was like, hold on a second, this is going to be an amazing video, if not just for memories. Yeah, I mean, that video's got 5.7 million views, which is like crazy. Just surprising some with, not just surprising someone with a puppy, but that happens all over the world yeah. all the time. So. That must have been really crazy to think that that it, many people were like, interested. Video, it was so emotional. It was a very emotional video. Like, yeah. Grace never thought she would get a dog no. because of my allergies. And then she had no idea. And the way that we surprised her was, it was just really fun. And then she broke down into tears. And it was, <laughs> it was at least one of my favourite videos. But the only reason it's not my favourite video is because unfortunately my allergies did end up being so bad uh-huh. buddy our dog now lives with sarah's mom and dad but they only live up the road we still see him all the time uh-huh. and he gets the best of both worlds and you know it's the only it was a really difficult decision but my health was really bad yeah yeah exactly um now this question is quite a hard one because you wouldn't put a video out if you didn't want to do it or didn't enjoy it, but what would you say is that a video that you least enjoyed to film? I know that's hard, because why would you put a video out if you were like, this is boring, don't enjoy this? Yeah, I mean, sometimes we do do... Sometimes we shoot videos and they end up not being as we thought they would until you start filming. So... To be fair, like, there are quite a few videos that I didn't necessarily enjoy as much as I did other videos. I feel like the end product was always still good. I wasn't yeah. it out. But I can't think of, like, a specific example. 
but definitely some videos are a lot more fun than other videos to film and until you start filming it sometimes you don't know um i guess you've done like some of the videos you've done like when you surprised grace with a puppy and um when you uh, went around the town and she was spotting her. You know, these are real things that you're going through as a family. So not only are you doing it, but you're also filming it. What video were you most nervous to film, either because of filming or because of what you were doing in the video? Um, in the beginning, any videos that involved us being in public, was that really difficult? Yeah. It wasn't... Um, you know, vlogging didn't come naturally to me. No. I really struggled to vlog. Most of the videos we shot in the beginning were in like our little studio in our house. Yeah. They weren't. They didn't involve me holding a camera. It involved us all sitting at a desk and the camera being on the other side of the room. Yeah. I felt okay with those. Like vlogging was something that I was like, I, I really had to like overcome the fear of like vlogging. So anything where it was out and about. But now I'd say like. If anything slightly involves anyone in public, which we don't do a lot of public videos, that I, I, I'm quite... Okay, I'll give you... Actually, I'll give you a really good example. So, we did Vlogmas, uh-huh. and we were really, really wanted to do videos of giving. Like we, de- we wanted to do videos where we were helping people and we were giving to others, but... We didn't want it to come across like we were just doing this to get views. Like, yeah, like finding that line. It's so difficult because mm-hmm. how do you go, oh, here's someone in need. Here you go, like, here's some money or here's some gifts and we're going to film you receiving them so that we look good. No, yeah. that's like, it's so awkward. And the reason that we wanted to put out giving videos is because I know when I've watched, like, giving videos that are good, they've inspired me to want to give and that's yeah. what we wanted to do like inspire people like come on guys it's Christmas let's all just get in that giving spirit to help people yeah. but it was like it was so hard to find that that balance and yeah. one day we went right we're going to go to Asda's and we're going to pay for people shopping yeah. so we got there and I was like literally walking into Asda's like I don't want to be here I don't want to do this video and Sarah and my friend Roland who was filming for us yeah. I'm like no we're going to do this I'm like no it's awkward it feels it feels odd it's like and we asked for permission to film, and I was like, I'm hoping they say no, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I'd rather just go up to someone randomly and just give them the money off camera. Yeah. And then this lady was like, who worked there, was like, what are you trying to do? And I told her, and she said, well, we're trying to get money, like, we're trying to collect, we're trying to take donations for mm-hmm. the food bank. Yeah. She said, can I fill up a couple? couple of trolleys for the food bank and I was like yes like this this is great so we yeah. got like two or three trolleys for the food bank and it was a great video because it, it didn't involve like giving to a specific person so yeah anything like public I do kind of get quite awkward I mean I've done some bits and pieces filming like out in public public as in on the streets but something I found really hard when because I'm a BAFTA presenter um, when I was at BAFTA headquarters, that the they do like preview events, and they would like write all, all the audience. You know, there's thousands of people in this audience. They're like, right, you all need to be quiet. Harrison's got to film something on stage. So, oh, wow. like, the viewers watching at home wouldn't know that there's thousands of people sat there, and it looks like it's just me and a person in a room chatting. Yeah. But it was so awkward because you're having to film with everyone watching when it's not like 
it's not like filmed as if we're yeah. in front of an audience. So anything in public's that. like, yeah, it's uncomfortable, isn't it? I'm definitely not one of them people that feels that comfortable out in public doing that kind of stuff. So yeah, well done to you. <laughs> yeah, it was it was hard, and it was actually my first ever interview, like ever interview. I was dying inside. It was wow. with it was with Dick and Dom. Um, and oh, that must have been fun. It was fun, but watching it back, it's like, wow, I was nervous when I, but I've changed <laughs> since then. Um, yeah. Okay, so which video were you most nervous to see the public's reaction? Hmm. Like, almost what they were going to think of the video. Do you know what, like, I'm just trying to think of all of our videos that we've done. I guess sometimes, sometimes a little bit worried about how some of the videos, like, we do trends, like, there's trends on YouTube, and mm-hmm. a lot of YouTubers are in the same sort of niche as us, they'll jump on the same sort of trends, so doing ones that involve like buying spending money and stuff like that in the beginning I was a little bit worried like should we be doing this trend is it good and it's kind of like a toss up between do it like okay people want these videos because they watch them versus are we doing it for the views so like are we making videos because these is, this is what people want us to make yeah and the views are like a representation of what people want us to make or are we doing it for the views? And like, I guess that's always been a little bit like, how are people going to perceive this? Like one video I did where I bought Casey a pair of trainers that she really wanted. They were very easy, so I had to buy them from a reseller. They're quite rare. Yeah. So you couldn't just go to JD and get them. And I managed to get them for her. And it wasn't for a video, but then I had them. And I was like, oh, this would make quite a cool video. Yeah. And I got her, her old trainers that, we're not nearly ready for the bin anyway. Yeah. And I ruined them as a prank. And then I surprised with the new ones. Uh-huh. And, and then I was a bit worried, like, people are going to think this is quite wasteful. I did get a few messages about people being like, you could have donated them. And... Yeah. Yeah. So I was... Sarah said, don't do it. And then I was like, I'll be fine. And then afterwards, I was like, yeah, actually, probably shouldn't have done it. <laughs> um. So which video... This is hard because you've got to think about. But which video took the longest to record? Like the process of recording it and editing it and getting it online from starting, having the idea. The longest I spent editing a video would definitely be the video I mentioned earlier about, which is my favourite video, which is when we're in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So the because that video meant so much to me and I know it's a video that we'll watch like 20 years from now yeah it's like literally it's our dream holiday and everything that happened was an amazing experience yeah so I spent so long picking the right music Mm -hmm. doing little edits here and there I did some voiceover stuff that's the most effort I've definitely ever put into it because I knew like above everything else we would definitely re-watch this video many times yeah yeah i guess because it's almost like when people would make a family video like something like that on a holiday but just make it for themselves you're actually putting it out there as well so it's kind of almost doubling what you're doing because it's not just for you to watch 
in 20 years, but also for anyone to watch in 20 years' time. Yeah. And like, I selfishly really wanted that video to do really well. I wanted the, the views on that video to be better than anything to lose done because... <laughs> I was like, if it was, then that would be like a green light to just do more of that kind of stuff. But unfortunately, it, it was like average compared to other stuff we've done. <laughs> Which is I still a lot. I put soul into that. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, as long as you appreciate it, who cares what they think? <laughs> I feel like everyone who watched it, like I probably got the most feedback and messages and DMs from people off the back of that video because uh-huh. it, it kind of... Like, from what people were saying, like, it moved them. But in terms of, like, the title and the thumbnail, it, it wouldn't have done as well as, like, a challenge or a trend. Yeah. Um. Okay, so on... Wait, no, I'm reading that wrong. Okay, so when you were in the States, you paid for Casey and Grace to go in a limo because of a video where she drew... Wasn't it, like whatever you can you draw, draw yeah so she drew a limo and you actually guessed it and they were going to an ariana grande concert um with saffron barker what was that experience like with sorting out the limo because obviously we only see a portion of what happened yeah. you're not going to film the hours in between so how long did that take what happened with all of that it was stressful <laughs> <laughs> Dealing with limo company is, uh, is stressful. First of all, it's a, it's an absolute coincidence that Saffron Barker and her family were in Miami at the exact same time as us. Yeah. And we, we, we'd done a collab with her before. We'd stayed in contact. And yeah. we get on really well with her and her family. Yeah. So, um, and Casey and Grace, before we knew her, like they watched her videos and they were like fans. And Saffron came to our house and surprised them. Yeah. So... When we found out she was there, I said to the girls, like, well, send Saffron a message and say, like, hey, do you want to meet up for lunch or dinner or whatever? But, you know, we're not going to, like, pester her. So she's so she's such a lovely girl. She messaged back, like, yeah, let's all get together for dinner. So we went for dinner, and then I said to the girls the next day, like, that's it. We've met up for great. Done, and yeah. And she messaged and said, hey, I'd love to take the girls to the cinema. I'm going to the cinema with my brother. And then it was like, okay, we're doing this and like they really included us as well so it's like really nice yeah and then i remember the reason we were in miami is because we had tickets for the um the Ariana Grande concert uh-huh. and saffron was like oh you guys are so lucky i couldn't get a ticket and i was like well you can have my ticket because yeah. it's just me casey and grace guy and i'm like if i'm honest like i don't really want to go the girl you'd rather go with you anyway yeah and if you want to go like it's just a win-win situation so she was like, yeah, like, amazing. And then we did the challenge, like, you draw it and I'll buy it. Casey drew the limo. And we didn't have a lot of time to get the limo sorted. It was stressful. We rang, like, loads of companies. Um, it is a very expensive thing to do. And we were trying to, like, find the cheapest way to do it. Yeah. And eventually we thought we found the cheapest way to do it. And we ended up getting completely ripped off. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't you get scammed or something like that? What happened there? Yeah, so it's not my first time dealing with a limo company that has been very shady. And I don't want to say that they're all shady, but I'm definitely very wary of them now. Yeah. Um, Basically, I explained to the guy the duration of the trip was to the stadium. Yeah. And then 
home from the stadium. No, wait, or did I can't remember if it was just to the stadium and then I think they got an Uber home. I'm trying to remember. So let's say the trip to the stadium was only like half an hour. Okay. We booked the limo for an hour and right. I said to him like, I only want to pay for that because you paid by the hour. I only want to pay for the hour. Can they get to the stadium within the hour? And he's like, yeah, it's only half an hour. It's like, perfect. Yeah. He charged me from the moment that the, the limo driver left the limo company right until they got back to the limo company and i was like but that's not the journey i have no control over that yeah like so they ended up charging me double without telling me they they fully they fully ripped me off because i said to them before like this is my budget can we do the one hour and he said yeah absolutely then he charged my credit card double (laughs) did you get it back at all or say anything to no, them no it's nothing you can do like they're so they, they do this kind of stuff all the time yeah so it's just one of the things you just gotta let it go um so you did a video the cake and boobies video where you put a sign um on the back of the car and sarah was driving i've got to say how were you not all laughing because i wouldn't have lasted very long yeah i mean i I wasn't laughing as much because I was kind of like, is this a good idea? Because she was getting so stressed and angry. Yeah. And I was like, in my mind, like, oh, am I, if I taking this too far, like, should I just tell her? So I was almost like panicking a little bit in my yeah. head. And the girls were kind of looking at me like, oh my God, she's going to go nuts when she finds out. So, but she took it well in the end. Yeah. Oh god, that is funny. I mean, how did you like tell her that you were filming? Like, how did you get away with filming? What was the the video that you were doing? So, I oh, wasn't it like a whole... day in the life. I think it was like a day, in... and you went, you were yeah, going so shopping. I... Yeah. So we probably said to like, because it was a while ago. I can't remember, but I probably just said to like. We're going to go and do, like, a shopping challenge at Tesco's. We've done a couple before. Yeah. We've done, we've done quite a few videos that have ended up in Tesco's randomly. <laughs> so I probably just said, like, oh, this is the video we're doing today. Uh-huh. And she wouldn't question it. Like, she never, she would never question it. But I just said, oh, let's go yeah. to Tesco's and shoot this video. Um, okay, so where would you say in your YouTube career um, would you kind of think, I've made it? Is it the million mark or like where would you say like we've made it it's such a difficult question to answer because i guess if you'd asked me before like the day we started i would yeah. be like I, I would be like success to me look like a hundred thousand subscribers yeah and i don't necessarily know that's the same thing as like we've made it but like but Every time you yeah. you get past your goal, you're then looking at the next one. Yeah. I guess, like, the moments when we, like, and trust me, we're not the sort of family to let this stuff go to our head. We would never let each other go to our head. We make jokes about stuff like, oh, we've made it because, I don't know, we went to a premiere, uh, a movie premiere. We're all dressed up in taxis and we, we look at each other and we laugh and we joke. And we're like, oh, we've made it because we're on the guest list to this premiere. Yeah. But... Literally, that stuff to us is just, like, it's banter. But I guess, like, when people recognise you out in the street and the more that started to happen, yeah. it was a really strange thing. 
and I couldn't get my head around it. And that's when, you, and again, like I would never use the term like we've made it, but that's I guess when you start to go, oh wow, like our channel has quite a big reach. And people yeah. Recognize us. And yeah. Like for me, I, the day that I would have been like the most like we've made it is like when I was able to like give up my previous job because we yeah. were doing YouTube full time. So for me, yeah. like, that was like one of the greatest days for me. I guess when people are spotting you out on public, you kind of, first of all, you're seeing it as a number. You're seeing 800K, that's a number, amount of people, but you just say it's the amount of people. When you're actually seeing these people in real life who actually know who you are, I guess that's when it actually kicks in. Like, oh, wow, that yeah. these are actually human beings sat there watching our videos in their spare time. Like, Yeah, it- it's it's like it's mind-boggling like so we did this thing called summer in the city we went to this event yeah and it was our first year that we'd ever been yeah and like it's a place where you can go as a youtuber and your your viewers and your fans can come and then you they can meet you yeah so we did like an official meet and greet and we were like joking like oh it's gonna be so awkward because it's gonna be like hardly anyone there like this is our first year yeah there's gonna be other like massive youtubers there and you know but we wanted to do it for the small amount of people that wanted to meet us yeah you stand behind this big wall or it was like a curtain and your line for your meet and greet is on the other side of this and everyone's line for their meet and greets all in a row and we hadn't seen the line we were like Oh my good! Who wants to look? Who, who wants to look? This is going to be so embarrassing. If there's no one there. We looked behind this curtain, and you could not see the end of the line. And the line was just like it was unreal. Like it was a two-hour meet and greet. We went for two and a half hours because we wanted to make sure we saw everyone. Yeah. And it was like literally twenty seconds of like being able to say hello to people. Like, that's another time when it just kind of hits you. Like wow, these yeah. people. It was like people saying like. Two girls and their dad flew from, I want to say Sweden, just for God. the day to come and see us. Like that, I felt like I'd be like, "Let oh, me pay for your plane tickets." Like I feel honestly, so bad. I was like to the dad, like, "I'm really sorry." And he was like, "No, like we really wanted to come." And like, and I was saying to him, like, "Wow, like that's such an amazing dad that he brought you." But like, you always feel like so, like you want to give them more of your time because they've come all this way. So yeah, so so. I was saying, yeah, so regardless of, like, traditional TV, it has to come down to the fact that YouTubers come with big audiences. Yeah. So, of course, they're going to have Saffron Barker and Joe Sugg and yeah. other YouTubers come on their shows purely because they want to bring their audience over to their TV show. Yeah. And before, they didn't want to acknowledge YouTubers as actual celebrities or, mm. you know, creators or whatever you want to call it. And... All of a sudden, they're like, oh, actually, can you come on our show? Because actually, we, we want more views. I mean, and, like... And if we're honest, like, some YouTube channels have bigger audiences... Than some than, TV shows. Than, than some of the biggest ITV shows. Yeah, like, yeah you know, exactly. This morning, on a daily basis, there's other YouTube channels that have a bigger audience than, than this morning. Yeah, it is It is crazy how it's become a, a career and an industry. And, like an actual thing whereas before when youtube was set up it wasn't set up for everyone to be a youtuber you know it was probably set up for you to just share the videos that you found funny or whatever and now i th- i wonder i would like to know how youtube almost prepared for this 
Like, yeah. it must have been a crazy experience for the people who set that up and are working there daily and seeing their numbers go up and stuff like that. It must just yeah, be absolutely crazy. Mad. And do you know what else is funny? Like, people that are YouTubers now, when they were younger and they were being asked, what do you want to do when you're older? Yeah. The job didn't exist that they're doing now. No. So I feel like it's important for young people to remember that you don't, you don't know where life is going to take you. You don't have to have everything figured out by the no. time you're in year nine and you're choosing your GCSEs. Yeah. The job that you might end up doing might be a very niche thing right now. It might be not even exist, you know. You just yeah. got to kind of, like, you just got to go with it. Okay, and so what's a company that you'd say would be like a dream company sponsor? Well, it's been an ongoing joke in a... So don't pick that up. <laughs> it's been an ongoing joke in our videos that I love Starbucks, and so there's been a few things that have come up. Like it, it's just come from my genuine love of Starbucks. Like I love Starbucks. Yeah. Coffee. Like in particular, like frappuccinos, like iced coffee, and stuff like that. <laughs> so when it came to me letting Casey, Grace, and Sarah choose my next tattoo and design it, yeah. I had no idea what it was. So I got a tattoo on my leg like pretty much blindfolded and then they revealed it to me and it was a, it was a Starbucks logo so which I didn't mind because I thought it was going to be like Justin Bieber's face or something like that so Starbucks logo was like was actually not too bad and then for a Halloween video we all had a competition of like who could come up with the best Halloween costume like DIY yeah. so I just moved Sophie up um, Sophie was a Frappuccino and I was a barista oh, yeah. for Starbucks so it then became like an ongoing joke like with our audience, like, oh, Joel, wouldn't it be amazing if Joel got a sponsorship from Starbucks? So <laughs> eventually they did come knocking and they did the call, and we did do a collab with Starbucks. So for me, that was a dream collab because yeah. it's, a company that, it's a company that I love. I love their products. And also, it's quite amazing to have your audience cheering you on to get a sponsorship. Yeah. So the fact that they were rooting for me to get it and then I got it. it yeah. Was, it was pretty amazing. And I think that's even more special because, and I'm not even going to ask you, but like, I know that when you listen to ads or watch ads or view ads, they might be just doing it for the money. Like when they say they absolutely love this company and they use their lipstick every single day. They probably don't, but they probably will now for the next <laughs> month in their pictures. So I guess yeah. for you, it was like, I, I genuinely do love this. I actually use this. And yeah. and you could just be natural about it because it wasn't like a, yeah, go and follow this person because we yeah. really love them. I mean, for 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 any influencer, like if, so, if a brand comes to you and you're already using their products, you're already recommending them to your friends and they say, can we pay you to recommend it to your friends? And you're like, yeah. well, I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. like, when I was in America, I'm saying to my brother-in-law, or my, mm. my future brother-in-law, mate, you've got to try this drink from Starbucks. You know, mm. not because anyone's paying me, because that's no. what I love. I like I it, yeah. So we did a collab with, or a sponsorship, brand deal, whatever you want to call it, with a bank called Starling Bank. It's like an online bank. It's yeah. sort of like Monzo, if you've heard of that. Yeah. But, Maybe it's better, but I've been using that bank for like two years. Yeah. And then they said, hey, we'd love to do uh, a brand deal with you. You know, we can set up your account, we can send you the card. And I'm like, you don't need to, I'm already, already using it. I already use it. And they were like, 
oh wow and they said oh like you know what do you think you could say about it and i'm like there's a lot i could like i will literally tell it how i felt yeah like, yeah so but we ended up doing like a few and i feel like we, i think we probably we've got like a good relationship now that we're probably going to do a few more because it's so natural to us yeah, that's really good. Okay, so coming to the end, we do a segment in each show called Random Questions, where it's kind of like one or the other, like would you rather's. Um, so they're kind of quick first. Are you ready? <laughs> I hate this stuff, but yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> it's not too intense. Okay, would you rather watch Netflix for the rest of your life only or watch YouTube for the rest of your life only? Not making YouTube, watching YouTube. I'm going to say YouTube just because I feel like it inspires me, whereas Netflix entertains me. You can probably find clips of the Netflix shows on YouTube as well. There you go. Um, TikTok or Instagram? TikTok, all day long. TikTok <laughs> is so much more fun. You get so much better engagement. Yeah. It's so much more creative. Um, TikTok, all day. Okay, would you rather have your own Netflix show as Dadly Girls or continue YouTube? Like, you can only do one or the other. Oh, that is so difficult. <laughs> I knew no, that would be the really... one that catches you out. Uh, I don't know what it's like to have a Netflix show, so... No. I'll just... I might just play it safe and say YouTube, because I love YouTube. Okay. What is your favourite cereal? Fruit Loops or Lucky Charms. I've never actually tried them. What? Seriously? Yeah. Like, neither of them. Neither of them. Hey, I'm going to send you a box. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone in their life needs to try it. I'm actually going to make a note of that. Trust me. You can send me a video of you trying them. They're so good. Okay. I will message your agent afterwards. Um. Okay. What superpower do you want? Um. What superpower do I want? Like maybe invisibility, just so I can get a bit. Of I would say that, or because I like to earwig, so I do it anyway. Oh, okay. I'm not bothered that they can see me there, but I feel like it'd be better if they couldn't see me. Yeah, <laughs> um, I feel like it's an all-round good superpower to have. Like there's so much yeah. you can do with it, but I just want to get away sometimes on my own in the house. Yeah, where, like Sophie's come in and disturbed me like three times since we've been on this call. <laughs> Um, okay, what did you want to be when you were younger? I want, like, when I was, like, young, like, really young, I wanted to be a vet, but I, then I figured out I'm allergic to pretty much every animal with hair or fur, so that wasn't Right, no. And then I wanted to be, and then as I got older, I wanted to be a filmmaker, I wanted to be a documentary maker, like, documentary filmmaker. Okay, um... I can't really answer that question. Um, if you could travel anywhere that you haven't been, that you'd like to go to, putting coronavirus aside, like just imagine yeah. it's not a thing, where would you yeah. go? We've been to some really cool places, but the places that we haven't been that we'd really like to go would be, I'd really like to go to Australia, I'd like to go to Mexico, mm -hmm. I'd like to go to... Bali, there's so many places I want to go. Like, I don't have, like, one specific place. I really want to go to Tokyo. Oh, I really? I don't know why, but I love sushi. So I feel yeah. like I need to stay in one of them cool houses and yeah. eat sushi for a week. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, okay, last movie you cried at? Oh, I'm such a cry when it comes to emotional movies. <laughs> the last movie I cried at, oh, I hate that this is quick fire because I feel like, I know, I, I know I've cried within the last week at a movie and I, I can't think what it is. Anything that's like super, like not like a chick flick, I don't cry at that, but like if anyone, if it's a movie about someone that's passed away, especially if they've lost like yeah. a son or daughter, like I, I, literally that, it breaks my heart, especially if it's based on a true story. Have you ever seen I Five Feet like, Apart? Haven't you'd cry at that, <laughs> yeah? <laughs> if it, I, and like, let me just point out that only if it's based on a true story, actually. Like, okay, okay. Um, last movie, <laughs> <laughs> last movie you laughed at. I mean, I watched Step Brothers again the other day, I've watched it loads of times, and it is such a funny movie. I literally I laugh every time I watch that movie. Okay, favourite colour? Black. I always wear black. I was going to say, I could have guessed. I'm just wearing black. So, my whole wardrobe is black. So, I'd say black's my favourite colour. Okay, all-time favourite book? That's so difficult. I read so many books that have, like, literally been so life-changing for me. Yeah. Thinking one is so difficult. The first book I ever read, which led me to reading all the other books that I read, was a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad. So okay. I guess I'd say that's my favourite just because of what it then ended up being. I My favourite book is Wonder. Have you ever read that or seen the movie? Is that from the, fil- the film Wonder? Yeah, yeah. I so cried in movie, so there you go. The book is... I, I mean, I haven't got a, a physical kind of disability or everything, but I've got autism. And I could kind of relate to parts in that. And I was kind of like, do you know what? I'm just going to go and boss this next day. Like, I don't care what anyone Amazing. thinks. Amazing. Um, yes. I love that. One of our slogans is, you do, well, it started off as you do you girl, but obviously it's you do you to anyone. Like, yeah. The reason it was you do you girls is because I always say it to my girls. But yeah. I like, fully believe, like, you do you. Like, yeah. It, it's such a cliche, but I fully support that like you've got to be true to yourself you've got to be who you were made to be yeah a hundred percent um do you believe in aliens i do not okay what do you think is in area 51 yeah i do okay i've never looked into it i'm not i'm not into conspiracy theories at all right i just don't pay attention to it because like i almost feel like it doesn't have any effect on my life either way so if you're interested in it like cool but i'm just not interested in it so I've i mean i'm not someone who's it. like oh my god yeah there's aliens like they're gonna take over the world but i feel like there's something going on that we don't know about there's uh, definitely maybe there, something maybe there is maybe there isn't like but i just feel like if you had to ask me if i had to make a decision i'd say that no because okay. i haven't seen anything no okay and i have no idea what's a hero 51 no, no I've got no clue. I, I'd laugh if it was just nothing, like when they reveal it. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, okay, first thing you'd buy if you won the lottery? I, the first thing I would buy would be a house. Like, we, we wanna, yeah. We're looking to buy a new house anyway. Yeah. I know it might not be the most interesting thing. But I buy a house, make sure it's paid for fully. Yeah, like, um, yeah. First fun thing I'd buy is I'd probably buy myself a Tesla, 
I really like the Tesla uh, okay. Model X. Um, yeah. Okay, it. and then the last question is one thing that really gets on your nerves. Like mine is like noisy eating. Like I'm like oh, okay. I'm like just leave the room, just go. Yeah. So yeah. what would you say is something that people like do? Not necess- not like trying to be annoying, but that you're just like, oh my god. Oh, that's really difficult. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm quite a chill person. <laughs> I don't like. Maybe like breathing, heavy breathing. Yeah. Can be really. If you're concentrating on something and someone's heavy breathing on your shot, like that's really irritating. I mean, for people with autism, the senses are heightened. So things like hearing, if someone's tapping a pen at the back of the class, it's not really much of a thing to everyone else. Me, I'm like... Yeah. yeah. Stop. Like, you're literally banging on the table. They're like, I'm just tapping. Um, yeah. Okay, and then to leave it, we do a part called the Youth Booth, which is a very important segment of the show. We ask all our guests, even when we're at events, uh, which we did the TED Talks last year, and they all gave us a positive quote or an inspirational message or something generally positive to leave our guests uh, feeling happy so what can you bring to the table today okay I felt like I was prepared for this and now I feel like I'm not prepared for this you're not like prepared I feel, I feel like I have so much that I could say in this segment because just because I've learned so much yeah like, I, I just feel like okay so I know like I know the kind of things that people might say and that sound nice, like be kind and, you know, spread positivity and spread love. And I genuinely fully believe and support that stuff. But I don't think anyone's ever done those things because someone told them to be kind. The reason that you can become become positive is by investing in yourself and working on yourself. So I'm such a big believer of that self-development. And I feel like from everything that I've kind of learned and I've read in books and I've watched in documentaries and stuff, it's kind of like added value to my life. So it's great yeah. to say, hey, guys, be kind. Yeah. If, you, if you're not coming from a great place yourself and you mm-hmm. don't feel good about yourself, you, you will find that very difficult. So I just say, like, if you feel like you're not where you want to be in life, either mentally or success-wise or anything like mm-hmm. that, let me tell you, like, you can get there. You definitely can do it. Yeah. You just need to find the right way to do it for you. And if you're not sure, like, start reading self-development books. Like, they were the biggest eye-opener for me, and I wouldn't be where I am today without them. 100%. I love that. I think I, I've never given something, and I would say use this time wisely. Because I think everywhere, I mean, me especially, I've, I got to a point in school, I don't know why, but I was like, I need a break. Like, I need a couple of weeks off. And so I, everyone's like, I'm going to go back to school. I'm like, okay, if that suits you. But to be honest, I'm enjoying this time to just spend with my family, catch up on the things I haven't seen. So I'd say yeah. use this time wisely. Definitely. I feel like, I feel like this lockdown... I know there's a lot of people be suffering right now, mm-hmm. either financially or they're, they're not in a great family situation. And yeah. there's, there's a lot of people, and I don't want to like put that aside and say this is great, but 
there's so much positive stuff that's going to come out of the other side of this lockdown. Yeah. But our family life has never been as good as it is now. Yeah, like, same. It's, I feel like it's a massive reset on everything. Everything that mm. mattered before doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, that car that you wanted to buy or that new pair of trainers or, you know, you were working all that time because you were trying to save up for this thing. Like, all that stuff has just kind of gone away and what actually matters is what's left. And that is just completely shifted, like, my focus, my priorities. I'm trying to finish my work, like, as early as possible every day so that I can just enjoy this time with my family. So I definitely feel like there'll be stuff that when everything goes back to normal, I'm hoping for us it doesn't go back to fully normal. There's things that we will keep doing, like the family board game nights and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the last thing I'd say on that is there's an app called Free Prints. Free is in like you don't have to pay, and you can order up to forty five photos a month and get it. And all you have to do is pay delivery. This is not an ad, but um, what you can do, what they're doing at the minute is you can send a card and personalise it with photos and stuff and put the person's address and send it to someone saying like we're thinking of you and you don't have to pay delivery or anything like that so i think there's no reason to not so go on there and just send a card to your nan and granddad or your family or friend that's having a bit of a hard time and just let them know you're thinking of them i think that's a really good idea i sent one off this morning that's a really nice idea that's something that like sarah would do sarah is such a like thoughtful person and that's something that i've always struggled with like not that I would, like, now you've told I would like to do it. But yeah. for me, I, like, I've, I've got, like, ADD, so being thoughtful has always been, like, a real struggle for me. Yeah. But, like, I, you know, I can, I can in the moment, like, but, you know, that's a really, like, that's the sort of thing that Sarah's so good at. She's yeah. She's so thoughtful. She thinks of, like, the best things to do for people. Okay, well, um, the last thing I would say is, which I always say in every episode, there's shout, um, which you can text. It's 85258. It's a free text. It deletes after the conversation if you don't want people to see it. Um, And they give free mental health support 24-7. So you can always message them if you're up at the middle of the night and can't sleep or something going on at home. and, And at this time can be really hard for everyone, even if we're, you know, we're not people that, you're seeing on on screen and on social media and youtube and stuff like that maybe aren't saying that they're struggling but everyone's having their ups and downs and so go and message shout if you need to my mum's one of the crisis volunteers and it's fantastic it's free service so go always i say it to in every episode go and um use that if you are struggling um, amazing and definitely because you've got nothing to lose like if you might not think it's going to work for you but try it and if it doesn't you lost nothing. Yeah, like, exactly. Does, so. I think people are also a bit hesitant to do it because they they don't want them to go and tell their parents or anything. But unless you are in danger, like they they you can make up a fake name if you really want to. The only time they'll ever come and find you is if you're in danger. Okay, well that is the end of um the podcast today. Everyone go and check out Dad V Girls um YouTube and Instagram. Thank you so so much for chatting to me. No, thank you. I've really enjoyed it. I think it's amazing what you're doing. Very inspirational, young, so well done. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time, guys. 
guys what you see is what you get joel was so wonderful to chat to joel if you're listening um thank you so much for chatting to me they are the most down-to-earth people ever thank you so much guys i really hope you enjoyed that episode it's a real insight um and i i watch their videos i love their videos and so it was really interesting to find out that little bts gossip for you all look i hope you're all keeping safe you are all incredible dream big and follow your dreams and use this time wisely guys stay safe bye bye from me harrison the host of it's good to talk and joel conda the dad of dad v guys i hope you've enjoyed this episode leave a review down below if you're leaving if you're listening in itunes um, if you're listening in spotify put a screenshot of it on your story tag me is at harrison gun presenter that's h-a-r-r-i-s-o-n-g-u-n-n-p-r-e-s-e-n-t-e-r yeah, there we go. Spell it right. <laughs> Always get 10 out of 10 in the English spelling test in your four. Um, guys, go and do that at Deadly Girls, at Harrison Gunn Presenter, at It's Good to Talk Podcast. Let me know what you think of it. DM us, let us know. Stay safe. You are all wonderful. Thank you for listening. Bye. Best of luck. Best of luck. Best of luck. Best of luck.